0: You're about to listen to a couple geeks freak out about some shows that ended way too soon. One of which is Freaks and Geeks. See what I did there? Right. We're going there. We're talking about TV shows that ended too soon on episode 44 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek.
1: And I'm the other host, Jessica Quaz.
0: Yes, she is. And uh, like we said, the cold open, Jess, we're talking about TV shows that ended too soon.
1: It's kind of a heartbreaking subject because a lot of these shows ended, like we said, just too soon, just too soon.
0: (sighs) Yes. And, uh... Yeah, we have plenty of shows, both uh, some comedies and some dramas, talking about that, uh, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, whether it was uh, studio reasons or creative reasons or whatever, um, they just decided to end after only, like, one, two, like, no more than three seasons, when a lot of these shows I could have seen going for at least five to seven or longer years, so it's, it's quite a shame, but uh, we all have those shows that we're sad to see go. But uh, before we get to the uh, the morning of these television shows, um, Jess, how has your week been? Uh, It's we just had Halloween recently.
1: I know. Well, (laughs) I gotta say I'm like really missing Halloween. (laughs) I really am. I I I just feel like there's a void that I can't quite fill since I don't have October horror in my life. In terms of holidays like Thanksgiving, I guess I could get excited for food, but it's not it's not nearly the same as Halloween. It's just not. We uh
0: we have to give a shout out to uh someone gave us 5 stars on iTunes and a review.
1: Woo. I don't know. <laughs>
0: hey. I don't know how to say your name. I don't know if it's like supposed to be like Jekro or what, but it's J 5 C H R O. Jericho, Jekro, whatever. Um
1: Hey, J5CHO. Hey. (laughs) Um,
0: His review says Not the biggest movie buff, but I enjoy the thoughtful conversation between the hosts. Great podcast for listening on my commute. Five stars. We're thoughtful.
1: We are thoughtful. Great for a commute. Yes, good, because I have a commute too, and let me tell you, a podcast always helps, so I'm glad I could help with your commute. <laughs> yes. Um, in mo- in terms of movies, this month I've decided in- to sort of, again, fill the void of the horror movies that have left. I am getting into Noirvember, which I just found <laughs> out was a thing. <laughs>
0: Noirvember?
1: Have you heard of Noirvember? No. <laughs> I-, I didn't know this was a thing until like a couple weeks ago, Um yeah, I've I've seen very few noir movies, so why not get into it? I don't think I'll do one every day of the month like I did for horror, because uh, noir would honestly probably bore the shit out of me after yep. all that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I got into that uh, this month, and this week I watched uh, Gone Baby Gone. Have you seen I that? I
0: have.
1: So I saw it when it first came out, and I rewatched it, and... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it holds up super well. I think it's all right. And Casey Affleck nowadays is kind of a rough watch, but um, it was an interesting way to start in November. Um, and then I watched a bunch of other things, too. Do you want me to tell you what I've watched? Uh,
0: yeah, like I figured that'd be a, a great transition. to Let's talk about uh, what we've been watching the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's start with uh, what are some TV shows you've been watching, Jess?
1: So, of course, like pretty much every American, I binged watch Stranger Things 2. Yep. Uh, I thought it was a great second chapter. I loved it. There were only, like, few minor issues I had with it, but totally enough to forget about. Um, and then recently, I just watched all of Alias Grace. It's a new Netflix show. Have you heard of it?
0: I just, uh, when I was watching Netflix earlier, I saw it advertised, but I had no idea. I have no prior knowledge to the show.
1: I really didn't either until I saw the trailer, and that was, it's based on a Margaret Atwood novel. Uh, she's the one who wrote The Handmaid's Tale, so it has the, the sort of, a horror, gothic, uh, with feminist overtones to it, um... Really interesting story, really strong and compelling. I loved it. I watched it all in one day because there's only six episodes, so you can do that on a Sunday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I highly recommend it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, well, I was going to ask how long it was because you said you finished it already, but six episodes, that seems very manageable.
1: Well, the thing was, I thought it was nine episodes, and then by the time I was, like, halfway through the sixth episode and they started wrapping up all the storylines, I was like, how is this going (laughs) to end? Like, where is this going? I don't get it. And then I realized, like, no, you made it to the last one. You're just a lazy piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, so uh, one of the other things that you mentioned before, Stranger Things 2, Uh, yeah, I also finished that... um, I didn't binge it quite as fast as the first season. I think that first season I must have watched in like the first weekend. But uh, this one, uh, it it took me, I think it was roughly a week or so, which is still quick, but it's so funny how like that's like slow. Like people like by Sunday were like, yeah, what did you think of the finale? You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know nine episodes it's a lot it's nine hours long but we humans are now at this pace where we just want to watch it all yeah. so did you like it
0: uh yeah so like that's the thing is like i've been actually having discussions with people because like some people really like it some people did not and are like kind of not upset by it but they just like thought it could have been better i'm kind of like i i liked it but here the here's where i'd have like figured out where my stance was like So I did really enjoy season one. Like, I thought it was awesome. But the thing was that it it was so good. Like, it was the kind of good that, like, I didn't need to go back and watch season one again. I was like, I I own, like, we talked about this in our Game of Thrones episode where I was like, Jess, you've only seen Game of Thrones once. Because, like, that's a show that I really feel like it gets better the more you watch it. But Stranger Things, like, it was just good enough to where I was like, you know what? I could hold off until season two comes around. And then I was thinking about binging season one real quick right before, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I think they'll do a recap right before the season and then I'll, uh, I'll be good. And so season two came and like I said, it took about a week and it was good. I didn't love it, but I certainly did not hate it. I think there was a lot of people out there that loved kind of hating the, like, there's too many 80s movie references, there's too many this, like, the Easter eggs. It distracts me from the story. And I'm, I'm like, all right, guys, like, let's... This is Stranger Things. Like, this is... <laughs> let's all calm down. Like, this is for fun. And the thing about Easter eggs and, like... Because I'm usually someone in, like, Marvel movies or uh, certain movies, like, I'm, or I'm noticing all the Easter eggs but like for something that certain 80s references i didn't get i'm like not everyone has seen every 80s movie ever to get every single reference <laughs> like that's that's mm. so much more vague like at least in like comic books it's like okay you know you have this narrowed category like which there's still a shit ton of comic books but like you don't you get what i'm saying like to say that, like, oh, well, I've seen all these '80s movies, and I get all the references. It's like, all right, like there could have been a lot of, <laughs> a lot of movies that you haven't seen to not get the yeah. references. But nevertheless, I, uh, I, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I do think, though, I wish there was a bit more stakes. I, I, I kind of was hoping that a car- like maybe. Uh, I mean, more, uh, don't want to get into spoilers, but like, I, I wanted at least like a character death, and like there was a character death, but it was not a shocking death to me. It was kind of like, oh, you knew this character was brought in just to have a tragic ending like that. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. pretty much why he was there, and the actor did a great job for what he was in. But yeah, so I, I think it could have been way better, but I think it held its own. It's not as good as season one, but it's it's still good. Um, I'm definitely interested to see where season three goes, but I think I have the same feeling after I watched the first season of Stranger Things though. Like I have no intention to quickly like rewatch it again. I'm, I'm not like, like some shows I see it. I'm like, yeah, just rewind and good. I got to go again. <laughs> like I yeah. just need to see this again or even movies. Like I'm like, Main menu, play again. I got to, <laughs> so like, but i have watching so many other shows and movies that Stranger Things 2, I, I was happy, I was satisfied, and I'm ready to to move on to some other shows now that things have calmed down, because like that first weekend, that's like all anyone was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched it. In two days. I was one of those people where, and it was kind of an accident. Like, I was just all of a sudden was on the ninth episode.
0: So, one other show that I've been getting into, and like, I've been, it's an older show. It's been out for decades, but it's on Netflix Twilight Zone. I've been getting into the oh, Twilight yeah. Zone. Um, I'm only on about episode nine or ten or so, so I'm not like super far in, but like, oh my God, like, I just. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, if you're someone that was like me who hasn't seen a lot of them, like, over the years I've seen a decent amount, but not, like, sit down and, like, let's just go one by one and see them all. Like, it is crazy that Rod Sterling, what he can do with only 20, 25 minutes and, like, these stories Mm. that they're all completely different, they have a beginning, middle, and end, new characters, new locations, new situations, new elements, like, it's... And did you know, like, Rod Sterling, like, out of, like, the 156 original episodes, he wrote, like, 91 of them?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's unbelievable. That show is his masterpiece. And each episode is so different and so unique and it's in its own world and then you leave that world by the end of this episode and you enter a new run and it's just it's insane that it's still and it's still incredible to watch absolutely yeah
0: and there's sometimes i'll admit sometimes i watch some like older black and white movie or tv show content and i'm like Ugh, boring but like this show like it i am in for it and i I'm sure the next couple episodes I'm going to keep bringing up. Like, yeah, I'm still watching Twilight Zone, um, but the other thing is like
1: yeah, there's a lot to get. Yeah, through. <laughs> but like the thing is like
0: because like the seasons are like 36 episode seasons, so like they're long seasons. But um, I think it's also because um, I can only stand watching like a couple or. It right in a row to where I'm like, all right. I'm like, my mind is like fucked. You know, I need a, <laughs> I need a mental, Oh, I, know. I need a mental break. Um, I don't know if you've seen the one with, uh, Mr. Bemis with the big glasses, the teller who just wants to read. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that ending. It's, it's not fair. I had so much time. It's not fair. Oh, good. Like, I, <laughs> like Oh God. It, it, and what's funny is like I remember I that was one of the recent ones I watched and I was like that was really great and then I was like oh I looked it up it's like that's considered one of the greatest Twilight episodes of all time so no wonder I thought it was so good but um mm-hmm. yeah like stuff like that and I'm like all right I need to put something funny on because like that just like fucked with my brain
1: <laughs> I'm the same way I can't binge it it's, it's too heavy yeah. all in a row
0: Exactly, so Twilight Zone, if you guys haven't checked it, there's a reason because I wondered for years that like anytime I would see a sh- uh, like a list of like the top 10 top 100 top 25 TV shows of all time Twilight Zone's always on there and I was like, really the show from like this the late 40s like how is it still on there it's like, oh because Rod Sterling's a genius
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still holds up <laughs> yeah
0: so. That was uh, what we watched uh, those last couple of weeks for TV. Let's move on to movies. Jess, what kind of movies have you been watching?
1: So um, I've been rewatching a lot of movies I haven't seen in a while. Um, one of which was sort of related to our episode last week, which was movies that freaked us out as kids. And this one definitely did. Uh, I rewatched Casper. Turns yes. out Casper the Friendly Ghost is kind of a creeper. <laughs> Have you recently watched it? Not recently,
0: but someone, when I told them what our episode topic was last episode, they're like, oh, did you bring up Casper? I'm like, fuck, that was a movie that freaked me out.
1: Yes, it's, like, super dark, first of all, which I didn't really realize, like, how dark the plot was as a child. Um, Now that I'm grown up, I still find it incredibly dark. (laughs) Uh, Like, it's not a light movie. It's really heavy. Um, At one point, like, Wendy just turns to Casper, and she's like, Casper, what's it like to die? Like, excuse me? (laughs) Oh, my God, this is for children? It was a lot. Um, So I I recommend not watching that because it's heavy. (laughs) Um... The second movie that I rewatched was Green Room, which came out in 2015. Um, it's amazing. It's such a tense thriller. It's about this uh, g- punk band that gets kind of stuck in their green room because the group of Nazis who are attending the show uh, basically is terrorizing them. Um it's a lot, but it's amazing. <laughs> the acting is great, and Patrick Stewart plays a Nazi, which is really eerie to see someone so lovable be so awful. Um, it's great. It's on Amazon Prime. I highly suggest people watch it. It's it's so good. And it's one of uh, Anton Yelchin's final movies, and that performance he gave in this movie is just so amazing to see. One of his last immortalized like that. Uh, he's a true actor. And then, um, just a sidebar, I also watched uh, two original Netflix documentaries that I really enjoyed. Um, I knew nothing about either of the focuses on this movie, so I learned a lot, too, and that was Joan Didion, The Center Will Not Hold. Uh, Joan is just a really prolific American author who's written a lot of fiction and nonfiction that we would recognize. Um, I didn't know if she was that writer, and I learned just a lot about her and her life. She's super fascinating. And then the other, you may have heard of, it got a lot of traction for just being a really great documentary, and that is The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. Um, again, I knew nothing of her either before watching it, and she's a transgender activist who uh, died under like really suspicious circumstances. Um, so it's absolutely fascinating. You don't need to know who either of them are to like really enjoy it. So that's two other movies I suggest watching.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, now, I know there's one movie that we both saw in theaters. Let's wait. Let's talk about that together. I'll just mention I, there's only a couple things I saw besides this this movie we both saw in theaters. Um, I also saw a doc, but it was an HBO doc on Spielberg. Um, I don't know. If, did you see that one at all?
1: I didn't. I saw previous for it. It looked really good. It's
0: good. I uh, Like, at first I went to hit play, and it said it was, like, two and a half hours. Oh, that seems like a good length. But then I'm watching it, and I'm like, holy shit, he needs a series. There is so much to tell both. Like, a lot of it is, like, his personal life, but then they'll hop to, like, some of the behind-the-scenes of, like, obviously some of his most famous movies, like Schindler's List, Jaws, Close Encounters, uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Like, like it... it It does, but, like, it almost, like, they gloss over them so quickly. Like, when you watch this, it's just, like, really inspiring. I did not realize how young he got, like, how young he was when he was making Jaws. (laughs) Like, that's crazy. Um, But, yeah, uh, just a little fun fact, um, because they mentioned how he's the highest grossing uh, film director of all time. Jess, would you like to take a guess on how much money uh, he has grossed at the box office, Mr. Steven Spielberg?
1: In his lifetime career? Oh, goodness. Um, Two billion?
0: Nine billion dollars.
1: Nine billion dollars. And the next
0: person below him is at six billion. So he's three billion ahead of all of his competition. Um, And the next person below him is Peter Jackson because he, obviously, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit movies, like, all those made a lot of money. But, yeah, so $9 billion.
1: That is insane. That is an amount of money I will never understand. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) So um, another movie real quick that I watched, it was... uh, part of my dvd.com subscription uh because i try to watch a bunch of old movies that you can't really get at redbox or they're not streaming uh harold and (laughs) maud
1: yeah you were telling me about this this just sounded like something i never planned on watching and now never will
0: (laughs) no it's actually a it's actually a good movie it sounds more fucked up than it is um For those who don't know Harold and Maude, it's basically... Harold is like an 18-year-old who starts hanging out with Maude, who's 79. And, um, yeah, it's super, super dark. For anyone who likes dark comedy or just weird romance stories, uh, check out Harold and Maude. Um, And finally, let's talk about real quick, before we get to the episode, because we're kind of talking a lot about what we watched. Um, We both saw Thor Ragnarok in theaters, Jess.
1: We did, and we had talked a pretty good length about this back in our fall and winter preview episode, Um, so I've been looking forward to this movie since that trailer came out, and the trailer just looked so fun. I was into it right away, and um, I have, like I've talked about on this show before, I have a very different perspective on Marvel movies because I'm not a huge comic book fan. Um, I appreciate the movies for what they are, but I am not going into that. Mind's eye of taking it super seriously because I grew up with it as a kid. None of that. So I just, I just honestly, when I go see a Marvel movie, I just want to have fun, some excitement, some ass kicking, some humor, and I felt like Thor, this Thor Ragnarok, really delivered that. Um, I was laughing the whole time, which was great because the two other Thor movies were not funny. Um, I think it. it just no, They kind of really were, well taking... but not
0: as much so as this.
1: I mean. They were funny because of, like, Loki or because of, like, you know, some of his human buddies making jokes or whatever, but, like, the character of Thor was very serious and, like, very much of as Asgardian they- god, and the only jokes at his expense were when he was, like... Being too much of a god, and he doesn't get Yeah, it was more so hot. just
0: fish-out-of-water humor. But yeah, like you said, they really jacked up the humor. Taiki, Taika Waititi, is that how you say this director's name?
1: Taika Waititi. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you had Taika
0: it. Waititi, oh my god, brought so much humor to this movie. He really let Chris Hemsworth be funny, Tom Hiddleston was funny, Mark Ruffalo, Tessa Thompson, Jeff fucking Goldblum. <laughs>
1: Oh, he stole the show, in my opinion. I thought he was hysterical.
0: And I know there are some people out there that think, like, all right, Marvel movies, you put too much humor in your movies because, like, first the problem was that DC didn't have enough humor and it was too serious. Now people are saying that Marvel, that there's too much humor. And to a certain extent, I get that. There was some stuff in Doctor Strange that felt a little off, but I think for Thor Ragnarok, like it worked because like it's just it's supposed to just be weird, like it's just weird, and you know like the premise is literally out of this world. Like it's never really on Earth. It's not like a Captain America movie where it's supposed to be realistic. Like it's just on a different planet with aliens and shit, and just like yeah, it's just supposed to be fun, and it it was. Um, f- shout out to my favorite character. I think they pronounce his name Krog, the rock guy, <laughs> which was voiced. Yes,
1: which is Taika. Yeah. Taika Watiti voiced it, which is great. Yeah. I I love, he was honestly one of my favorite parts. I thought he was hysterical. Oh, I saw a ghost <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give away spoilers so I won't say it, but like that final line he delivered, so I was I was dying. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like uh and I just that was a great addition and just someone like who just, I don't know, you're right, Taika definitely did an amazing job, and, like, you could tell he definitely stayed to, like, the Marvel mold that's already been set up and obviously very successful, but, like, he was able to push it in the direction he wanted to, and it worked. I thought it really worked. I really enjoyed it. I actually thought it it exceeded expectations and that i was not expecting it to be so funny and i was not expecting it to just be so entertaining and it was it was so great so i think it's also to one of those movies that i think all ages could enjoy it too so it's a really good like family friendly fun movie a lot of jokes that'll go over kids heads but like still i think you can bring the kids to see it
0: marvel's 17th film in the marvel cinematic universe
1: Is it 17th? I was wondering what number we were on. So, like, we're getting close
0: to 20. Like, yeah, Black Panther will be 18. And then Avengers Infinity War will be 19, I believe. Which
1: What's set to be 20? Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel? Uh,
0: What is her name? I (laughs) think so. That or Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: Um, You know what? I can't believe it's going to take 20 movies to finally get a lead female. My gosh. I'm just... (laughs) Come on. Come on. I got to say this sidebar, like, about Thor, I thought the female characters were also really cool, too. I was very happy about that um, because it's been a huge lacking in the Marvel movies.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I I do think um, they they learned from some things because, like, they're really the only female characters were, like, Black Widow and Scarlet Witch. So uh, they brought some new, um, I think, characters that can actually have... Like a character that can actually have some depth and be funny and um also strong and badass. So uh yeah, I definitely enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. Um Jess, we are in talks. At some point we're thinking about doing a MCU <laughs> ranking, which uh yeah, that would definitely take some time with there being 17 movies. I, I have a list on my letterboxed letterboxed with a D if you uh are on that site. Uh you make lists on there, and yeah, I I think I would place Thor somewhere towards the top ten, like maybe like number nine, number ten in the top ten out of seventeen. So it's it's good. I just don't think it's like their best one yet, but it's so much fun. Like you can't not have fun with that movie. It's so goofy.
1: Well, our ranking would already be pretty different because this one's actually pretty high up the. Marvel totem
0: pole for me. Interesting, interesting. Well, we'll have to continue that on another episode. Uh, but we should get going on this episode, Jess. Uh, it, we, the TV shows that ended too soon. So what... Um, uh, these could be comedies or dramas. Uh, I talked about it because I know this is one of the few ones we both agree on, or at least we both felt was worth mentioning. Um, I mentioned it in the cold opening. Freaks and Geeks is like one of the biggest... Uh, shows that has always brought up that, like, why was it canceled too soon?
1: Yeah, so that was definitely one that I wanted to talk about, because that show I I've discovered in high school, and I absolutely loved it. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Freaks and Geeks uh, lasted one season between 1999 and 2000. Uh, it's a dramedy about the outcasts of William McKinley High, and it was created by none other than Paul Feige, who we know from Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters, The Heat, and then, of course, Jed Apatow was a writer and director on it. And, like, so what's really, really cool about the show, too, is you can see, like, the births of some of the famous Apatow collaborations with the yeah. show. Um, so that was really cool, too. Like, you get to have um, your cast of... Hold on, wait, I'm pulling it up. So that's really cool because the cast has Seth Rogen, Jason Segel, uh, James Franco, So the, who go on to, like, work with Apatow in later things. Um, And then besides them, you also have Busy Phillips, Linda Cardinelli, Johnson's Francis Daly, and uh, Martin Starr, who's now on Silicon Valley, right? Okay, so he went on to do something awesome, too. Um, But I think what's really cool about this show is that, I mean, I never watched a single episode on television because I was, like, I think too young to understand it at the time. But um, that show circulated on DVD box sets, and that's how I got to see it um so that's what like really created the cult following was people who had like seen it on tv recommending it to people once it came out in dvd um so i mean like i remember in high school i actually purchased the dvd box set (laughs) down at my local like dvd store and um my friends and i while we were in high school i think we were probably like in sophomore year at the time like we were binge watching it before we even knew what binge watching was like we were going over to my friend's house and watching like five episodes in a row and like laughing and like just having this awesome like shared experience of watching it and like just dying over the humor and relating to these like characters and I think why this show meant so much is because like in every other like high school drama show is always like The pretty ones who have problems. Like, it's never about, like, the actual, like, outcasts of high school. It's like the One Tree Hill or the OC where everyone's super pretty and has a bunch of white people problems. Like, this (laughs) was very different. And I I think that's why it stuck around for so many people.
0: Definitely, definitely. This was a show that I was introduced uh, towards the beginning of college, and um, I remember I wanted to binge it, but, like, I took my time with it because I was like, I know I'm going to be sad when I run out of episodes. They would be funny, but they would cover some heavy topics. Like, uh, yeah, like, the the big, one of the big ones was when Sam Levine's character kind of finds out that, like, his dad is having an affair on his mom, and, like, he's driving and, like, pointing the garage door opener trying to, like, figure out, like, where his dad was or whatever. He's on his bike. And I think... I forget if it was Judd Apatow or Paul Feige or... One of the writers or directors said, like, that was something from, like, their childhood. And, like, it was... Oh, And, yeah, like, that was... I thought that was, like, such a powerful thing. Freaks and Geeks. Um, very sad to see it go. Did you have a favorite freak or geek?
1: Oh, I... I really liked um, I really liked Kim Kelly, uh, who is Busy Phillips' character, because she was, you know, just this misunderstood high school bitchy girl, and we all knew that girl. <laughs> you know, we all knew the like kind of bully girl, um, but then you know she's a character who like grows to actually have a heart, and and she means well, but she's just in such a disruptive kind of. Lifestyle that she doesn't know how to show compassion. So I don't know. I I really like that character, uh, that growth they did, and yeah, she was a complex person as well. Um, I was I I was always more towards the freaks than the geeks. So that's just me. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I I don't think I ever had a favorite. I mean, I I think I probably liked. Sam Levine's little nerdy character better just because like he was always like the jokey one um and I, I don't know uh the like, he's I, I it's like I saw similarities in both some freaks and some geeks um, but uh, I it's just I, like you said I enjoyed how it wasn't like all other school shows where it's like about the quarterback and like the cheerleader and all the smartest and the pretty kids. And, you know, it's like, no, it's about the people who are in the background that you don't notice. um, Like in high school, because everyone's either, you know, super popular or, you know, super weird. And yeah, so it was different.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you mentioned that it probably would do well nowadays, and I think that that's pretty accurate because there really hasn't been a show like it, like a high school drama that focuses on just average kids. It's always again, it's niche. It's like like maybe um, Boy Meets you know,
0: World did that, but that was still you know
1: that's true, but that was still more towards like geared towards children. Yeah. like I'm talking about like the Riverdales or the one you know the OCs where it's like geared to high schoolers. Um, they always sort of have a niche. Like Gossip Girl, they're like, we're super rich. And like the OC, they're super rich. <laughs> like um, Riverdale, they're on the football team and cheerleaders. Like, And that's fine. Those are high schoolers. And it's not that those characters aren't interesting. But there's still very much that hole that's missing for just a regular high school show about regular high schoolers who have actual problems. Yes.
0: Um, so I'm going to transition. Um, it was a show very similar and it has some uh, same cast members. Um, a show that was canceled. Wait, a show canceled way too soon. Also in its first season. Also with some Judd Apatow. Undeclared. Did you ever see Undeclared, Jess?
1: I did. I wasn't as big of a fan as Undeclared, um, but I think that might be because, like, I watched it right after I got into Freaks and Geeks, and so I was, like, in high school, and I didn't really understand the dynamics of college quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I liked it. I mean, the, it, was, it still is a super funny show.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. Like, obviously, it's not as good as Freaks and Geeks, but I enjoyed the college dynamics, and, yeah, I uh, liked the characters and some of the situations. Um, it had a lot of people cross over, like Seth Rogen was on it, and then they would bring Busy Phillips, they'd bring Jason Siegel, and um, other people from the show. Uh, you, you see, like, younger Amy Poehler <laughs> um, uh, among some of the people, like guests in cameos, like Jenna Fisher, Will Ferrell like, Fred Willard, like, so many people came onto this show, um, and it also was, like, the same fate, like, it only lasted about 17 or 18 episodes, and, uh, yeah, just was given the axe way too soon. I, I don't remember, like, too many things specifically, because I did only see this once, but I did remember every time I was watching an episode just like wait why was this show canceled like why why wasn't this at least given a second season like not saying it demands seven seasons but at least a second one just to see if like it can get some more traction but uh yeah so I had to mention undeclared as one of uh one of the shows
1: that's another super like quintessential show we all talk about when we talk about shows that ended too soon. So I'm going to segue into my next one, because it's also a quintessential show a lot of people talk <laughs> about when we talk about shows that ended too soon, and that is Veronica Mars. Okay, I just gotta say it, I... I am obsessed with Veronica Mars. I absolutely love it. I love Rab Thomas, who's the creator. I love his new show, iZombie. I am so obsessed with it all. I think it's amazing. Um, but did you, ever, did you ever watch Veronica Mars? Did you ever get into no, it? No,
0: but I've I've been told that I would enjoy it and that I should give it a watch. Yes,
1: you absolutely should, and I think you still can enjoy it. Um, so just a little overview on it. It only lasted for three seasons. It ended in 2007, um as I'm sure you know Kristen Bell is the title role of Veronica Mars and uh the series starts uh with like a few months after Veronica's best friend Lily was murdered um and Veronica's father was the county sheriff at the time of the murder um basically a whole bunch of stuff goes down you'll find out I don't want to spoil too much <laughs> um and uh he is fired as county sheriff Um, and he opens his own private investigation service. And so, like, the family, it's him and Veronica, just those two, and she decides to sort of help him at work uh, to get the family business going, if you will. And uh, while doing that, she also sets out to find the truth of what happened to her best friend uh, when she was murdered. Um, That's only in the first season, too. So the first season focuses on... Lily's murder and what I love is like by the end of the first season we figure it all out and then season two moves on to a whole new like whodunit sort of scenario um and so the first two seasons are impeccable and it's writing it's tension it's characters it just and it just builds up on each other one after another in an episode it's great um so I would suggest it just for that uh Veronica's an awesome character, an um, but there's also some other familiar faces that play, like, super small supporting roles, which is super exciting. Um, like, Amanda Seyfried plays her best friend Lily. And this was, like, long before Mean Girls, so she was a complete nobody. <laughs> uh, other people you totally would know, Jessica Chastain, Max Greenfield, Army Hammer, Tessa Thompson, all, like, had small recurring roles. And there's so many more. I, like, forgot to name a bunch of other celebrities you can isn't, see in it. Isn't um, Taylor
0: Sheridan in that show, too?
1: Oh, yes, he is, yes, yes, and he, yes, he is. Oh, my God, I just got so excited, because I totally forgot. But, yeah, he also, like, he plays a cop on it, and it's, it's just, it's awesome. It's such a good show. Go see Wait, it. he plays a cop um, on but that? But, he does. I think he plays one of the cops on that's, it. There's, that, so does Max Greenfield. Max Greenfield plays a cop on that's it. That's just <laughs> so funny,
0: because he plays a cop on Sons of Anarchy.
1: <laughs> or maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. It's, <laughs> could be that. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I but uh, okay. So basically, though, this show has a happy ending because so the so the show ended because like the 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 ratings were never like amazing, Um, but the network really liked it and wanted to keep it going. But then on its third season, it started right when UPN and the WB merged and formed the CW. And so once that happened, they were kind of trimming the fat. And after the end of season three, when the ratings didn't pick any up, uh, they axed it. Um, So it wasn't necessarily that it was, like, canceled, but it was just a part of a merger. They were just getting rid of things, and they got rid of that. Um, And I will admit, like, the third season is not as strong, but it did seem like it was headed in a good place. So that was really disappointing to not be able to see where it goes. But then we sort of did... Because you might remember in 2013, Rob Thomas and Kristen Bell and some other people that were involved in the show helped to launch a Kickstarter, um, where they were asking for $2 million. They reached it immediately and then received over, like, $5 million, Um, and they produced a movie that went into theaters and VODs. So that was super exciting for, like, fans like me, um, who wanted to know what happened to Veronica, like, where she ended up in the world. Um... And the movie, like, did pretty well, um, especially in VOD sales. Um, And then, okay, this is super exciting (laughs) for my fellow Veronica Mars fans out there. Uh, But this month, in an interview, Kristen Bell said that at some point, some sort of Veronica Mars reunion will happen again. So, like, she doesn't know when or where or what the circumstances are, but she's always game. Um, One of her quotes that I really liked uh, was, we are willing to put in the effort. I mean, if I have to do, like, a murder she wrote at 80, we're going to do it. It's going to happen. <laughs> so at some point, we're going to get her again. Um, so unlike most of the shows that end too soon, this one came back, uh, which was so cool. Um, so great to be reunited with that character again.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I have heard that from multiple sources, so I'm definitely going to have to eventually give that a watch. Yeah. Um. So, one other show I wanted to bring up that, uh, much like Veronica Mars, actually lasted three seasons. But um, I, unfortunately, didn't find it until, like, it just got canceled. Um, Happy Endings. Have you heard of this show?
1: I've heard of it. I've heard a lot of people say they really like it.
0: Yeah. So, like, so like Friends was totally 90s. And, like, How I Met Your Mother was totally, like, the 20, 2000s version of Friends. And, like, Happy Endings is, like, the 2010s version of Friends. But, like, the reason I like it is because it's, uh... It's for... uh, I I always want to use, like, just, like, kind of, like, TV talk. But, like, it's shot single cam opposed to multi-cam, which means it's not, like, in front of a studio audience. There's no laugh track. It's not, uh, like, on the same set over and over. Like, it's it's shot more, like, things you see nowadays. Uh, um, Like... Like, how you see The Office shot, where, like, they're not on a set. Like, it's totally, like, in locations and stuff. Not not mockumentary, but you know what I mean. Um, and, yeah, Happy Endings. It just had an amazing cast. Like, I thought it's had some rapid-fire uh, comedy writing and, like, the... The, the, the cast works so well together like it just felt like it was a show that should have been just like how i met your mother or friends and lasted for like seven eight nine years um but like unfortunately like it was on like abc or something and of course the viewing wasn't the best and so they decided to ax it but anyway happy endings check it out on hulu um jess uh what are some other shows you have
1: um, the next show I want to talk about that I think ended far too soon is the Carmichael show. Um, I love this show. I think it's hysterical. Uh, it's also lasted for three seasons. Isn't that weird how there's quite a trend with the three seasons? Yeah. Um,
0: you hardly ever see shows but, that only last two. Like usually if they get that second one, they get like a third one.
1: Yeah, it feels like it's either one season, like, right away, immediate, no, or, like, let's see where this is going, and then it usually ends at, like, a season three if they're cut yeah. off, so, interesting. But, so the reason, before I get into the show itself, I want to get into the reason why it was canceled, uh, which you might remember, because it wasn't all that long ago, um, but back in June of this year, uh, NBC refused to air an episode that focused around a public shooting, um... It's because the episode was going to air on the same day that Steve Kalias was shot at the Congressional Baseball Charity Game. So NBC just didn't want to have anything to do with that at all. Um, But Gerard Gerard Carmichael, the creator of the show, felt really strongly that that episode needed to be shown on television so that it could inspire people to talk about gun control. Um, And he swore to NBC that if they didn't, air the episode he would be done he would walk and the show would be over um NBC ultimately decided to air the episode a few days later um and Jared stuck to his word and he announced that he'd be exiting the show and the cast and crew supported him and left too um so this was an interesting ending for the show because it ultimately it was about creative control on television um and wow. what isn't and is appropriate to talk about um and he stuck to it and said that he, it was that important for him. And I, I see what his point is. I really do. And I did ultimately watch that episode. And um, like all other episodes, it focuses on a lot of commentary and a lot of humor around issues in America. So, like, I thought this the show was so perfectly done because it was hilarious, but it also really got you to think and they would make commentary on really tough issues that we're not comfortable to talk about, like um, one episode's all about Bill Cosby, one episode's all about Black Lives Matter, one episode is all about consent, and uh, it's set up to be like a family comedy. So it's about Gerard Carmichael and his family, and so what's interesting is each time they delve into a new topic on the show, each family member almost represents a different viewpoint. And so it kind of also shed light on the fact that all these issues have gray areas, too. Um, But it's hysterical. It's such a funny show. And the cast uh, was Jared Carmichael, lead role. uh, And then Loretta Devine was his mom. David Allen Greer played his dad. And then we had two breakouts which was little rel howie i think that's how you say his name but he yeah. also in get out i actually um, so when i Hedish. used to
0: intern at the comedy bar little rel came and performed once and it was he
1: that's so cool he just
0: destroyed the room like he just like marched in he's and so funny yeah, like
1: he's hysterical and like him on that show is great so that coupled with get out i feel like is gonna really like push them to higher places. And then Tiffany Haddish played uh, a supporting role on it, and she's hysterical, and she's also been breaking out from girls' Trip, So the two of them were awesome supporting characters. So it's, it was just, yeah, really disappointing uh, that it ended because it was a show that felt like necessary to be on right now because it, it could make you laugh and get you to think, and there's very few comedies that do that nowadays.
0: Wow, yeah. I, I think I had heard that it ended, but I did not know it ended in... St- such a fashion like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's also, if you're interested in it more, uh, the day that that all happened, Gerard Carmichael happened to be on with Chelsea Handler on her Netflix show. And so there's actually an interview with him about it the day it happened. And wow. you can just feel like him fired up about it. and And what he says makes total sense. He basically calls out NBC and says like, you know, they don't think we're smart enough to handle this kind of content. That That's what they're saying by taking it off is that Americans can't handle it. So he felt extremely passionate about it, so much so that he was willing to say, if you don't do this, we're done. And that's what he did. Um, but regardless of that, like the first three seasons are golden. They're on Netflix now, so please go watch them. They're so funny. And they're like I said, they're very necessary. Like they're what we need in America right now, for sure.
0: Awesome. Um... Well, uh, I mentioned there was hardly ever shows that only last a couple seasons. They're either one or three. But the only one that's on my list that actually did only last two seasons was uh, Party Down. Have you ever seen Party Down?
1: I have, and that's another Rob Thomas show. (laughs) Veronica Mars creator. Hey.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I and like this, it's one of those shows that you look at it. Like now, because, like, where a lot of the cast members ended up, and you're like, how did this fail? Like, the premise is gold. Like, for those who don't know what Party Down is, it's about a catering company in California, and most of the people that work at the catering company are people who want to be actors or comedians, or, like, uh, Adam Scott plays the main character, who he's kind of a washed-up actor, who is apparently really talented, but, like, he just got typecast after he did one commercial are we having fun yet and uh so yeah like but like the cast had adam scott had ken marino lizzie kaplan uh jane lynch martin Starr. like it just it had this amazing cast and it didn't make sense why it didn't do well but i think it's because it was on stars and i don't think a lot of people have stars and um uh, I think the other issue was as the first season was ending, Jane Lynch got pulled into doing Glee. And then um, in the second season, um, I think Adam Scott was getting pulled into doing uh, Parks and Rec. So, like, uh, I think they kind of were like, oh, well, like, we're not so sure if this show's going to last. I kind of got to go to these other shows, like, while i am got, like, a job offer. And, um, yeah, so it, it, it's just a funny show. Um, I like the premise that every episode is a new, like, event that they're um, uh, catering. And, like, there's, like, some just some great dynamics between the characters. I also love it because Ken Marino is, I think, is a comedic actor that, like, he's not in enough. He's so funny. And, like, he plays this guy who's kind of, like... Like, not a Michael Scott where he's an annoying boss. He, like, he, like, wants to succeed. He's, like, the only one who, like, actually wants to succeed there. And, like, he's so just, like, oh, poor Ron. You know, like, he all he wants to do is run a soup and crackers place. Like, and he talks about it constantly. And so it's just humorous how, like, everyone else could not give two shits. They're talking about auditions or, like, callbacks or... Uh, parts that they can maybe schmooze someone at the party to get and he like actually wants to do well as a cater uh, catering guy so yeah um party down if you haven't seen it i actually was able to find it i think it was at like walmart like the entire series for like ten dollars or something so i picked up both seasons and been binging it recently and uh yeah it's uh pretty great
1: I think it's really funny. And also, if you want to get that Ken Marino fix, he's on Veronica Mars, too, and he's awesome. So <laughs> just another reason in the pro uh, list of pros and cons why to watch Veronica Mars. Okay.
0: Um, how many more did you <laughs> have on your list, Jess?
1: Just one more, and I think this is when we kind of agree on. Okay. okay. So I, as you know, am obsessed with a little show called The Newsroom. <laughs> Which was created by our boy, our boy Aaron Sorkin. The show centers around the fictional news station of ACN. Um, what I loved about the show is that it incorporated like actual relevant news events in each episode. Um like one of my favorite episodes was the episode that surrounded the Boston bombing. Oh and like just it's so good, right? It's so yeah. fantastic. And just like, Watching everyone also like work in a news cycle about news that's actually happening just made it feel more authentic. Um, anyway, but aside from the fantastic Sorkin writing, the cast I am so obsessed with this cast. Um, literally anything that the newsroom cast is in, I will watch it. <laughs> um, that is why I've seen X Men Apocalypse because Olivia Munn was in it, <laughs> anyway. Um, I actually started watching Stranger Things because in the trailer, David Harper's in it, and before he was Hopper, he was Elliot from New oh, yeah. So I oh was like, God. yes! So I was like, oh my God, Elliot's in it? I'm watching it. And then I became obsessed with it. Um, I'm also completely obsessed with Dev Patel and John Gallagher Jr. Um, anyway, but Jeff the cast Daniels. also includes <laughs> Jeff Daniels, Emily Mortimer, Sam Waterston, uh, gosh, so many other like supporting characters that come in, like Jane Fonda, Chris Messina. Um it's it's you make me want to binge the I show th- again. <laughs> Every time I think about this show I literally wanna binge it. Like I'm I'm the obsession is so so real. Um and it's unfortunate too that even though it was only three seasons, I think the entire series is only like twenty four episodes because yeah. the last season I think was like six episodes and so they were slimming it down, uh, the show itself had some issues with HBO, and then Sorkin went on to do the Steve Jobs movie, so there was a few different reasons like why it ultimately ended, um, but man, I feel like the way the show was set up with those characters and that topic... It could have gone on forever. It could have been, like, Grey's Anatomy. Like, and I would have been into it. Like, 300 episodes still going, you know? I, I absolutely love it. It's one of those shows I recommend everyone from my father to, like, my friends to watch it. It's, it's so fantastic.
0: Yeah, I... And, like, one thing I'll say, and, like, Newsroom kind of, like, I think it kind of got, like, a little more famous because of the infamous scene from the pilot um, with Jeff Daniels going on a beautifully written Aaron Sorkin rant uh, and which is like it, it like I was already a Sorkin fan I mean a few good men is in my top 10 favorite movies and um recently having watched so far the first four seasons of West Wing um like I I almost wanted to watch West Wing just because of the rant he wrote in Newsroom and like so many of the amazing rants that he writes with the characters um And, like, apparently that's, like, all he did on West Wing. So, like, that's, like, how good the writing and like, this show is that I was, like, I just got to see more of his stuff. And, like, (laughs) I was already interested in his stuff. But, like, watching it at that time, I was, like, I got to consume more Sorkin content now. And um, so I just have to say, um, like, if we ever do eventually an episode of, of like, our top ten or top five favorite dramatic monologues, one of mine on there is the Jeff Daniels rant um, in newsroom because he just and like if you don't know the clip I may even just like put like the link in like the iTunes description just because I love it that much Um, basically uh, someone asked a a college girl asked him like why is America the greatest country in the world and like he at first kind of gives like a watered down answer because he's a news anchor so he's supposed to kind of You know, play nice because he's being recorded. And, you know, nowadays, anytime you start doing something crazy, like, everyone whips their phones out. And so, (laughs) and it goes viral. Well, basically, uh, something pisses him off. And he just starts going like, it's not the greatest country in the world. And he starts ranting on, like, the couple uh, people who are on the stage next to him. He starts talking about, like, the girl who asked the question and just, like, rambling off all these statistics on how America is not the greatest country in the world, like, where we rank on all these, like, education, you know, uh, all these things, and it's just, like, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> like, it's so good. And, like, the thing is, like, Sorkin can write something and, like, some people may not be able to pull it off, but Jeff Daniels like pulled it off like it was nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's one of those pieces that just speak to you and how you're feeling as a Patriot too, which is uh, the message is very sound, which is that we're not the greatest country, but we can be, yeah. uh, which is something that we all kind <laughs> of like to, yeah. And we can be like, that's how he says it at the end. He's mm-hmm. like, we can be, which is, a nice call to action. And that's how the whole series begins. That's the very start. And so that right there packs the punch from the get-go. Um, I'm trying to remember if I had seen that on its own. I think I probably saw that video because it circulated on the internet forever. But, um, yeah, I mean, that is that, that scene is the very beginning of the whole show. So it was quite a welcoming. Um, yes. And I think the writing is ex- incredibly strong... Uh, it has that fun, like Aaron Sorkin sort of penmanship to it, um, and it just—it's one of those shows where all the pieces of it just fit so well.
0: Yes, um, so yeah, uh, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. I because I've only seen the show once, but I've seen that scene a million times, and I have wanted to go back and rewatch it. But uh, yeah. Um, So Newsroom, Um, I'll jump onto the other Sorkin show that if you haven't seen it, um, I only recently saw it, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Um,
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. it's a good one.
0: Um, This had the unfortunate uh, fate because uh, it came out around the same time as 30 Rock, and everyone kind of gravitated towards 30 Rock opposed to this. Well, basically, Sorkin was show running a, a show that it was about... Um, his two main characters are running a, basically, like, we'll just say it's a version of SNL, is what they're they're show running. And it has Matthew Perry from Friends, it has Bradley Whitford Whitford from West Wing, and uh, Sorkin's writing uh, (laughs) is, like, one of the other main characters. Um, It it just has this stereotypical walk and talks and, like, everything's so intense. But I think the problem was, like, that the show... um, It was an hour-long drama, but it's about a sketch comedy show, so there, like, wasn't much drama to be had. Like, some of the last episodes, they had some good stuff going on, but it just felt very... I don't know. Like, it should have been a comedy, but then that's, like, 30 Rock, or it should have been a different type of television show, uh, which is funny, and now you think of it, like, all of Sorkin's... TV shows besides, like, West Wing, like, Sports Night was about a TV show, Newsroom is about a show, Studio 60 on the Census Strip is about a show, he loves showing the the behind-the-scenes of shows. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there's only one season of Studio 60, Um, but, like, the pilot was so good, and I'm such a Sorkin fan and a Matthew Perry fan um, that I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy the first season on DVD, and I binged it in, like, a week, and, yeah, it's, it's really good, guys. You should uh, give it a watch um, just because seeing, like, Matthew... Like, which I have to say, like, Matthew Perry was always one of my favorite parts of Friends, like Chandler Bing. And uh, his just his delivery and his comedic timing partnered with Sorkin's writing. It was just like, of course... Why, why isn't this a thing that is on a regular basis? Like, why, why isn't Matthew Perry on a show that Sorkin's on, or like more Sorkin movies? Like, it's just like a perfect combination.
1: Yeah, I think the shtick of that show was like lost on a lot of people because you're right; it was a drama about a comedy. Uh, It came out at the same time as Thirty Rock and. I don't think it, it came on not all that long after Friends ended, so I think people were really used to seeing Matthew Perry in a comedy, um, and this really wasn't. So I, I think it was it is a really good show, but I think it was sort of lost on a lot of people, and then that's why the ratings just went down. Um, but it was, I mean, it's a very interesting behind-the-scenes sort of peak. I, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely should check that out. Um, I only have Two shows, real quick, uh, to go over. Um, one show, I think, I think geeks would revolt if we didn't mention this. But Firefly is a show that ended way too soon, and I'll I'll admit, I'm not on the I'm not in the team that acts like Firefly is the greatest show that was ever invented. I'm on the side that like I think it had so much potential. And I loved everyone involved. Like, I loved Nathan Fillion. I loved, uh, I'm forgetting his... Oh, Alan Tudyk. I loved, like, pretty much the whole cast was great. Um, excited for, like, maybe one or two people. But, like, it, it just... It was a sci-fi combined with Western. It was different. It was Joss Whedon. And, um, yeah, it just had so much potential. And I don't think it deserve it would have deserved to go like ten seasons or anything, but I, like I would have enjoyed just a few seasons of seeing like where it could go. Um, that that's the thing I think is so so frustrating with so many of these shows is the potential um, that was wasted um, because of the cast involved and the premise. And it was something different. Like that it's it's not often that you see a show that doesn't remind you of another show or a different thing or whatever. Right. And, like, sure, some people were like, what, is this, like, a story Trek?" It's like, no, it takes place in, like, uh, space, but uh, it's, like, kind of like a Western, too. And, like, that was such a clash of two genres that uh, Joss brought together. So uh, Firefly, yeah, really, um, yeah, just a show that uh, I really thought that would have taken off the career of, like, Nathan Fillion, and, like, he feels like someone that, like, has always just been just below, like becoming a big time actor, um, or like Alan Tudyk, or like some of those other cast members, that they're so talented. The writing was so good, and the direction was good, and the concept that it's just like why, why, why Fox, why, Fox, why did you have to end this?
1: <laughs> I actually have never seen it, so I have nothing to add on this topic. <laughs> well, all, all I'll
0: say is, don't go into it like where some people act like it's the greatest show of all time just go into it and just be like, just imagine where like they could have gone. And that's where like, I enjoyed just like imagining, like I enjoyed all the characters and, and that's the thing. Uh, some shows like you have a great concept, but you don't like all the characters um, like six feet under. I enjoyed the concept and the idea of it, but like, I didn't like like any of the characters. I'm like, why am I watching? <laughs> so I stopped and I didn't finish the show cause I just didn't care for the characters. Um, but lastly, um, and I, I didn't even mean to say this for last, it's not like the one I'm most passionate about or anything, but it's one that was a, uh, like you said with the Carmichael show, a recent sting uh, just within the last year or so the end of the grinder. Did you, you were actually I an extra on the it. grinder, right?
1: I, yes, yes, they uh, paid some of my bills, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I never watched it. I, it seemed like a good premise, though. It seemed really funny, and the cast seemed good, too. And I heard good things, so I was actually very surprised that that got canceled. Yeah,
0: this was another Fox cancellation, um... I think what why it was canceled was probably just, like, the title. Like, people didn't know what it was. Like, Grindr, it's like, is yeah, that Yeah,
1: is it the gay yeah. app, or is it, <laughs> is what is
0: it? Is it the gay <laughs> app? I know,
1: I always thought that was a really unfortunate coincidence. Someone should have thought about that.
0: Because, basically, the premise of the show is that Rob Lowe uh, plays an actor who, in the show, he's a... a a lawyer, And, like, he's called the grinder because he just grinds until the case is done or whatever. And also, it's, like, he's purposely, like, over-sexualized because, like, you know, grinding. You know, like, it's, it's totally, like, a show that, like, it was supposed to be a law show, but then, like, he always just ends... It's, like, laws... Grey's Anatomy with, like, a hospital where, like, they're all just fucking. Like, it was supposed to be like that, but with lawyers, like, in... <laughs> But that's, like, Rob Lowe's character. In real life, like I said, he's an actor, but his brother is Fred Savage, who's a real lawyer, but he's, like, not charismatic. This is where I noticed that, like, Fred Savage was, like... I was like, oh, my God, he's, like, making a comeback. Like, I feel like he was doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for years. After seeing this and then seeing Friends with uh, Friends from College on Netflix, like, Fred Savage, I'm such a huge fan. Because, um, like, basically... <laughs> Basically in the show, everyone is obsessed with the grinder that Rob Lowe's character is in. Like, they literally watch it, like, every night. And, like, Fred Savage's character is the only one that's just like, we're watching it again? Like, we saw this one the other day. You know, like, why... (laughs) Like, uh, my kid's got to go to bed. You know, like, why are we watching this again? Uh, He's just like, that's not even real. That's not how that. You don't object to that, you know. And he's always pointing out all the flaws to the Law Show. And, um... And then obviously Rob Lowe, because he was an actor who played a lawyer, he believes that he could practice law. And so they combined forces where Fred Savage knows the law and Rob Lowe has, like, the charisma for court. And it's so silly, but it's just so, I don't know. Like, they, they just nailed it. And the, the cast, too. Like, this was one of the few shows that, like, the kid actors were hilarious. Like, they were young, but, like, they had, like, comedic timing of, like, adults. Like all of a sudden, like the mom and dad would be arguing and then like the little kid who's supposed to be like nine would be like, dad, you're not listening to mom's needs, you know, or something like that. (laughs) He's just like, what, Ethan? You know, (laughs) it just, uh, yeah, it's on Netflix, I believe. It's only like 20 some episodes. Just give it a watch. Like, God, if there was a show I wish they could bring back, like this would be one of them because it is so funny.
1: (laughs) So many shows are wasted potential. So many shows
0: are wasted potential, um, but uh, yeah, Jess. Lots of TV shows that um, were taken away way too early, and then it's. I think one of these other days we'll have to do an episode about TV shows that lasted too long.
1: <laughs> oh, I could. I have a few shows that come straight to mind when you say that. <laughs> yep. Uh I mean it's but what's so cool though about shows that we've mentioned is that we're still talking about them yeah. right like. And there's still so many fan bases behind them too, like Firefly, Veronica Mars, Freaks and Geeks. These are beloved shows. So even though they were just a speck in our pop culture, they meant something to so many people. And there's so many people that are united by the love slash disappointment of a show being cut off too soon.
0: Exactly. Like you said, like, like stuff like Firefly, I bet you go to any sort of convention, you'll see someone cosplaying as someone from Firefly.
1: Absolutely, like I said, I haven't seen the show, but I feel like I have seen the show because I've just inadvertently been surrounded by so many things Firefly. Like <laughs> it's just the the love there is still very much alive and well, and it's just cool. It's just another part of our awesome fandom culture that we have in this country that we can like appreciate a show like Freaks and Geeks, which is almost two decades old, and people still love yes. it. And it was only one season. Yeah,
0: it was only like a lot of these were only like twenty some episodes but they were that good that, like you said, we're still talking about them. Shall we move on to our LOL of the week?
1: Sure. So my LOL of the week is a tweet from Aparna Nanchirla. I hope I said that right. If I did not, please let me know. She's a comedian on Twitter. Um, If you guys probably have heard, the Lion King reboot cast was denounced. So her tweet is... I am glad the Lion King is being rebooted so we can remember Scar can only be president for so long before Beyonce shows up and fixes things. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God.
1: <laughs> Who run the world? Girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My all of the Week is also a tweet. It's from Jamie Jurak um, at Jamie Cinematics. She was actually a guest... About a year ago, uh, that was, I know that episode, that was episode 22 where we did favorite Christmas movies. Um, So uh, Jamie, a friend of the show, now off in New York, uh, having an awesome comedy career, hopefully, she um, tweeted, um, my friend just asked if I wanted to run a marathon with her. And after a quick pause, we both laughed nonstop. For a very long time, <laughs> which is like I feel, I feel like that's happened to me, where people are like, you want to do a five k or you want to do this, and I'm just like, oh no, <laughs> no, I do not. Um, I've done obstacle courses where you, you know you run a little bit, but not just a straight up run. No, boring as fuck. Uh, no way. <laughs> Um, not even the beer run or the hot chocolate one. I can't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was episode 44. Jess, where can they find you online?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter at just or on Instagram at Quazica.
0: You can also find me on Twitter at the pros, T H E P R O Z E. Same thing for Instagram. If you so choose to follow me there. Um, you can also rate, review, subscribe on iTunes for the Entertainment Buffet podcast. Um, if you leave a review, like uh, J5co, Jericho, I'll just say Jericho, um, just because I recently was watching wrestling and Chris Jericho's a wrestler. Um, <laughs> if you leave a review, we're going to read it on the show and we'll thank you um, and give you a special shout-out. Uh, so as long as you have a name that's pronounceable, we will say your name. Um... You can also email us at uh, entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com if you have episode suggestions or uh, you want to talk about where there's some TV shows that ended too soon that we didn't mention. So feel free to bring those up as well. Um, But yeah, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh pod pocket casts all that stuff if there's any other podcast places we can be available please let us know and we'll try to put it on there for you guys because we want to be uh, i know there's some ha- apple haters out there and we want to make it available for all the all the non-apple people um just just get apple no just get- <laughs> <laughs> this is brought to you by apple no um <laughs> and also, uh, check out Entertainment Buffet on YouTube uh, and Twitter, Facebook as well. YouTube, we may have some new videos coming very soon, finally. So, uh, one thing we recently announced, and it may already be out by the time this episode drops, is a reunion episode of the Pros and Dub show. For those who don't know what that is, that's a show I did back in like 2010. So, it's after an eight-year hiatus I know that some of you have been dying, quote unquote, to see it, um, like three <laughs> friends from high school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the, the other cast members is Charlie Duber, host of the Movie Trailer Trash podcast. Check them out on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter as well, Movie Trailer Trash podcast, friend of the show. Um, anything else, Jess, before we wrap up our 44th episode?
1: Oh man, forty four. That was Obama's <laughs> number. <laughs> President. I miss him. That's all.
0: <laughs> I love how that's where <laughs> your mind went for forty four.
1: I know, cause I just I am always thinking about him. <laughs> All the time. All
0: right, guys. Thanks for...
1: <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note,
0: thanks for listening. And stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple weeks for our Thanksgiving episode.
1: Yes, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks again for listening. We hope you. we made your commute great.
0: And we hope our uh, insights were thoughtful or whatever.
1: I, I like being thoughtful. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I never would have <laughs>
0: thought I'd like being thoughtful, but... Ha ha ha